I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Been given a bad break, but I've got an awful lot to live for. Hey guys, it's David Burns, the founder of BaseballJobsOverseas.com, and this is our podcast that helps to inform you about the many playing and coaching opportunities around the world. In this episode, myself and co-host Jimmy Jensen interview Jacob Biller, a member of ours who played his first season overseas in France in 2021, uh, where he won a championship and even managed to get on with the French national team as a coach for international competition, the European Championships, where they went to Italy, mind you. Uh, so that's a cool experience in itself. Jacob is a, an NCAA Division I switch-hitting shortstop out of Kansas State University, and he spent the whole summer in 2021 at the top of the batting order for the Rouen Huskies, who were the reigning champs at the time. And then, as I said, they won the championship again in 2021. I believe that's like their... 17th or 18th championship in the last, I don't know, 20 years or so. Jacob also joined them at the European Champions Cup in the Czech Republic, where Jacob and his Huskies teammates competed against the best teams in Europe, including the top teams from Italy and the Netherlands. But what makes this story even more special is that Jacob was a bit of a gamble for the Huskies to bring over as an import since he had not competed since graduating in 2018. In order for teams to roll the dice on someone who hasn't competed in that long, typically there's something about their resume that stands out and makes them special um, within their baseball jobs overseas profile. So aside from coming from a big D1 school, what was it about Jacob that caught their eye that made them roll the dice on him and bring him over? It was his coaching experience. Ever since graduating, Jacob had been coaching at the junior collegiate level, and the Huskies were in the market for someone to help coach at their academy. Uh, so between his playing ability and his coaching ability, he, he was a, the total package of what they were looking for for 2021. Bringing over import players who bring a coaching element has always been a theme with many clubs in Europe, especially in the low to mid leagues, um, or the teams at the bottom of some of the better leagues in Germany, Czech Republic, France, for example, as they're still trying to play catch up to some of the teams at the top, so they tend to emphasize more on coaching. But the trends we're starting to see now is that this is becoming um, more of a theme with a lot of the teams that are higher up within Europe or higher up within their leagues, as opposed to just bringing in some guy that's just going to help them win the championship again. They're starting to think more longer term, so they're bringing in guys that can do both, can coach and play. So without further ado, let's get on with this interview with Jacob Biller. You're just coming off your first, hopefully, of many championships overseas. Yes, exactly. That that definitely you know puts puts the icing on the cake. But uh, you know, even past that, even even past all of the kind of you know superficial you know what it's all about the baseball and all that kind of stuff, it it was even more special of an experience than I could have even dreamed of. You know, as I was making my way over there, or even trying to find ways to make this a real opportunity. Um, you know, even before I found your guys' site and you guys to be, you know, incredible resources to help me make it happen. It was, you know, definitely life-changing. I'd be curious to hear how you, you got to that decision where you're like, okay, I think overseas is the next step and, and how that kind of came to fruition. 
Yeah, it um, it actually started a, in in you know relativity a long time ago. I was uh, so you know from the states originally, Kansas kid, born, um, played junior college two years after high school, and then played two years at the NCAA level. I'm very fortunate with the opportunities that I got. Um, I'm from Manhattan, Kansas, so that's where Kansas State University is, and got to finish my collegiate career there. So being in the hometown, being in front of the community that I grew up in front of was a, a very special opportunity and experience. Um, Post-playing, um, that's you know a very high level of baseball and, and very competitive, and there are a lot of athletes in that conference but at that level of baseball but even in just college level or collegiately collegiate baseball in the united states that professional opportunities are very slim and there are a lot of players that are vying for those opportunities um you know post-college within the state's world of professional baseball whether it be affiliated or independent ball um, no opportunities came about and i didn't really consider playing further though i would have loved to right away um, I just for, first and foremost didn't really get the opportunity in the States, but had no idea about the vast opportunities overseas as well. So, you know, finished school and got a very lucky opportunity to coach at the junior college level. Uh, so it was, you know, coaching for a while, but really loved the experience. It was very special creating a lot of those relationships with the players, with other coaches, but I wasn't fully invested into it, you know, in, in the sense that I, I, you know, of course did my best to invest as much time and energy as possible into the kids and what they needed from me and all that kind of stuff. But there was still a big piece of me that was kind of focused or, you know, maybe thinking about something else or being somewhere else. And it took me a little bit of time, but I finally kind of, you know, was reading a book and, and came across something that was pretty profound and sat back for a second and said, what, you know, what do I really want to be doing right now? And the playing, you know, just kept coming back to me and back to me and um, had a couple friends who played overseas. They directed me to your guys' site. So I got on, checked it out. You know, it sounded like the best opportunity to, to help me in making that, you know, dream or that idea of getting to play again, especially overseas, um, a reality. So, you know, signed up with you guys. At, at, at about a, as tough of time as you could, right? Kind of just at the very beginning or the commencement of COVID. And, and so it was very hard to both find opportunities because a lot of places were closing down. But, you know, also a lot of the teams that were looking were starting to kind of back off and not look so much because nobody knew if people were going to be coming over or not be able to travel. Um, and so I got very, very lucky crossing the radar of a team there in France and Vermont and you know, they decided they wanted to bring me on as a kind of a coach and player and help with their academy and development. But um, yeah, I'm very lucky you got to get over there. And, you know, two or so years after that first initial thought of wanting to do it, I was, you know, overseas and getting to experience the, you know, the joy and the life changing opportunities that a lot of other people have gotten to, you know, I, I still can't believe it. Some days I wake up and it still feels like maybe I'm dreaming about the opportunity and it, it hasn't quite happened yet. But um, you know, that's how it kind of came to fruition first thought and then making it happen with you guys. I, I know so many guys like go through that stage, like they're, they're really not a hundred percent sure, like what they want to do. And, and sometimes a little overseas helps provide that clarification, like just continue playing a bit. Everybody obviously still has the itch and wants to keep playing. 
did it help you provide any more, like provide you with any more clarification post playing career or what you want to do moving forward? Um, whether it's playing career or off the field or whatever it is. Um, I would say yes. Um, you know, I, I think there's still question marks when it comes to, you know, however long I get to play, I, I would love to play as long as possible and, and getting to balance it with the traveling. And like you said, the experience and the different cultures that really do, help to illuminate, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, thoughts and ideas or, or doubts or questions that one might have and getting the opportunity to travel really does help with that. Um, you know, I, I think that the coaching world is very intriguing to me. I really enjoy that opportunity to create relationships and help, you know, I don't know if mentor is the right word, but, you know, kind of give my opinions and thoughts and, and, you know, and myself and put that out there to other people and hopefully let that, you know, positively impact their journey and what they're going through and help them to kind of find out maybe what's right for them or maybe not feel so lost as early or, or find a little bit of clarification or, or a path they want to take earlier than later. Um, but, you know, I think I like the coaching world a lot. Um, and so I think when I finish up playing overseas and, whether it's still overseas or back in the States, I think that I would really love to be back in that space. And I think that I would much more, you know, I would be much more capable of, you know, investing everything I had into it now that I got to experience that playing again and maybe close the door on that side of things. Well, you had an opportunity uh, this season to get invited to be a coach with the French national team, which is an awesome opportunity, and be with them, which is where we met uh, during the European Championships in Italy. Um, how did you, uh, first of all, get that opportunity, and um, how, how did you find it? My my manager in France, Kano Perez, who, yep. you know, been, you know, all reality is a legend, you know, in the international world as a whole, he's played in, you know, different countries. He's, he's from Venezuela originally been in the States in France, a long time coach player played in the, uh, the Netherlands. He's experienced a lot. Um, he's been a part of French baseball for quite a while, but Rouen specifically for, you know, I think 16 years or right around that time frame, And he's helped with the French national team. He's, um, and Bruce Bochy was, you know, a name that everybody knows in the baseball world was yep. originally supposed to come over, but because of the complications with travel. Yeah. COVID kind of ruined that. It made yep. it very complicated for a lot of people. And so he decided, you know, that, that this wasn't going to be the right time for him to travel over and whatnot. So Kano ended up get, getting to step into that kind of head manager uh, role for the French national team for this European championships and being there in Rouen with him. Um, you know, and, and just him getting to know me, he felt that, you know, I was a, a, a right pick to come on and help him, you know, it's kind of specifically with the infield, you know, style of, of defensive play or preparation for the games or whatnot. Um, but he invited me to come with because he needed a couple assistant coaches. And so that, that kind of fell into my lap and, and, you know, just beyond fortunate to get that opportunity to be around you know, just such high quality baseball players to get to travel, you know, even further internationally, you know, was in France mainly, but got to get to, to Italy for that opportunity, even got to get to the Czech Republic for an opportunity this, uh, you know, this, this summer season. So I got the opportunity to kind of step in and, and be a part of a national team, which being from the United States, you know, you, as you guys know, is, 
incredibly hard to become a part of. So getting to experience that and while not for, you know, the, the nation that I'm from or a citizen of, uh, it was that it was, you know, special nonetheless and getting the opportunity to, you know, just cross paths with all of those players, but also players from other countries and just see what their journeys have been like and what they're going through and how they're experiencing it. You know, like you, you asked Dave has just really helped me kind of find answers to a lot of questions that I had been asking that I was having trouble answering myself. So, you know, that was one really cool experience that I got through this opportunity, but, um, you know, it, it was, uh, just essentially kind of being in the right place at the right time, which yeah. a lot of times it, it, it is that, and you know, you, you take it and run with it. Yeah. yeah, most definitely. And now you have, you know, French national team coach on the coaching resume too. And often all overseas provides this for a lot of guys where they can expedite the process a little bit in terms of gaining coaching experience, uh, you know, at higher levels. And because opportunities like this do often come about because there aren't a lot of coaching options overseas. Um, so, you know, that's, that's cool that you got that opportunity. I, I'm curious, a, a question popped in my head when you were um, telling your story there is, uh, were there any national teams in Italy that surprised you? Like a certain country where you're like, whoa, they, they can actually ball a bit. Like, you, you know, maybe you, you know, underestimated them or. Yeah. Um, I, w- I would say so though, you know, I, I don't know if I want to say, you know, I was surprised. I, I don't want to, you know, put any light on the fact that I thought maybe a, a country or a nation's baseball was, you know, under exact, you know, what I would have expected. But, um, you know, you know, simply for me, I think the thing that was really cool about seeing that competition was just the, the level of uh, professionalism. You know, it's just everybody, everybody who was there competing as an athlete, you know, whether they were 17 years old, 18 years old, or 35 years old, the, the level of professionalism they played with and, um, you know, just the, the confidence that they exuded while playing. There was no question, you know, about any of the the players or any of the teams that were there, whether they should be there or not, you know, everybody was there to compete and to do their best to win. Um, obviously some, when it comes to national teams, some nations, baseball, um, you know, infrastructure, whether it be athlete or, you know, facilities or all that kind of stuff is, is higher quality. But when it came down to it, kind of player to player, there were a lot of really talented players, regardless of country, regardless of, um, you know, where they're from. So that was one really, really cool thing um, that, that I got to kind of experience being there and see there about the international baseball scene, you know, coming from the United States, I'm much more, you know, attuned to whether it be the United States, you know, uh, baseball infrastructure, which is obviously very, very good. It's a very, very popular sport. Um, a lot of the Latin countries or Central America or South American countries where baseball is such a popular sport and you see kids playing it from, you know, the time that they can start and that they're able to really even, you know, be athletic in that sense all the way up until, you know, men that, you know, are post kind of that playing time where they're really trying to find professional opportunities or collegiate opportunities, but they just love the game that much. So they want to continue to play as long as possible. Um, And so seeing the European baseball scene, I was very, very surprised in a sense that I was very pleasantly surprised that, you know, it is, it is starting to gain momentum and becoming more popular, but there are a lot of players. There are a lot of, uh, you know, people in the baseball world overseas, internationally, whether Australia or Europe, 
that are very invested into it and really, really working hard to continue to grow the game of baseball worldwide. One of the special things for me was getting to compete. Obviously, I was on the coaching side of things, but compete against the Israeli national team mm-hmm. um, because I'm, I'm Jewish. And when I was younger, I got to go over to Israel and play in the Maccabi Games uh, for Team USA. Cool. So that was kind of my first ever international experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't think about it much then, but now looking back, you know, on how cool of an opportunity that was and how kind of that should have pushed me into the international world even quicker and earlier, but um, getting to compete against the Israeli national team and um, their manager, Nate Fish, was one of my coaches when I got to go over to Israel and play for Team USA in the Maccabi game. So getting to see him again and, and, you know, meet a lot of other people, you know, whether it was Jimmy with the, the Austrian team or other people from other national teams and just to get to, you know, network within the world of baseball and especially, you know, in this sense, truly the world of baseball was, was what was so, you know, surprising in a sense, but special about that experience for me. Yeah. This was actually my first experience with the national team too. And it's really, it was a really cool opportunity to, I mean, as you mentioned, like it's really difficult to get on the team USA national team, yes. but to be able to help out with a national team on like an international tournament, it's an awesome experience. And I know, as you mentioned, Team Israel, they had a really good team. They actually had a couple of BBJO members on the team, too. Okay. Uh, Joey Wagman, he was with the A's. Uh, Robert Poller. Um, okay. They were both with them in the Olympics. Same with uh, DJ Sharabi as well. Yes. Um, That's who pitched against us. So, yeah. <laughs> who, Wagman or Sharabi? No, Wagman pitched there first. We played them second. And uh, yeah. DJ Sharabi pitched against us in that second game. And yeah. know, I, think he's, I think he plays – uh independent ball here in the states maybe and so you know yep. it's like you're, you're facing true professional baseball players while you're for you sure know, even, even in europe playing a, uh, an international but a national competition so very well i know fun. like i know like the spanish national team they brought over a bunch of big dudes um yes. uh netherlands they had some guys like with dutch citizenship from like curacao aruba uh italy they have a bunch of like italian american guys but even like like the level of play in just in the local countries of italy like netherlands spain like there's some there's some ballers there and i mean for italy like being able to share the field with mike piazza like and getting to shake his hand was (laughs) such a cool experience so i'm assuming that you know just that exposure there has uh presented more opportunities or at least uh opened your mind to potential new opportunities. Yes, completely. And, and even just past that, getting to, you know, reconnect, but, you know, talk with Nate Fish with the Israeli national team, as well as the other coaches and get to meet them. Um, you know, just the, the prior, uh, you know, um, connection that I had with them and playing and all that kind of stuff, you know, that we've, there's been some small talks about getting to coach with them, with the Israeli national team at some point, which would be absolutely incredible. Um, you know, but even, even past that, you know, like you said, there were just so many players that I got to cross paths with and, and talk with and, you know, create awesome relationships with that, you know, have been five months or so, but that will last a lifetime. I I'm very confident in, um, you know, whether I played with them or competed against them, but was talking with them. It was like, you know, they were asking questions about, you know, if, if my goal is to get back to the States and play professionally or, you know, what, what, um, what, what's my ideas. And really for me getting to balance the travel and experiencing new places and new people is almost as big of, you know, a factor in 
and the why as the just the specific baseball part of it. France was absolutely incredible. I would love to be back in France. It, it was I truly created kind of a home there and a family there. And um, you know, being there in Rouen, France with the Huskies, they they have a very special you know system built up. Whereas it truly is a family, and and the baseball is a super important part of it. But outside of the baseball, it doesn't take away from how much time they spend together and what they're you know they're all working towards and and you know all that kind of stuff. And so being a part of that and as my first experience was a really really good one to kind of see how it's best done overseas. Uh, while we're on the topic of Rouen, let's take it back there for a second. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your setup there and uh, how it was in the community and how you enjoyed the team, uh, the level of competition within the French league, uh, and just give us a little more insight into that. Being in France or, or going to France, first of all, you know, is is it's France, right? It's it's one of the most kind of when you, when you talk about Paris, it's, you know, kind of that, it has that magic around it. And it truly is a magical city. But the thing that I got to experience and really see was that while Paris is that completely, I got to see that the rest of France, you know, kind of has a lot of that as well. And it just, you know, when, when people talk about France, it kind of has that air about it. And I got to see that, you know, the, the people, um, you know, the, the places, but especially especially in uh, Rouen and, and being in that city, it's it's the kind of best of both worlds in the sense that it it kind of feels like a big city. It has an incredible amount to offer. You know, it has such historical value and 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 rich. Um, yeah, you're right in Normandy. That's it, exactly part of American history as well. Like That's you're, part of American history, yeah. and so there's a, a very cool kind of connection in that being American. And there's a lot of people in that Normandy region that have a good understanding of kind of the history of it all and just how important France was in the development in all of that uh, when it does come to the United States. And so, um, you know, there's a cool connection in the sense that there's a lot that we share, you know, without, you know, you know really like knowing it at the beginning. But once you get to meet and once you get to experience new people in the place, it really does take the it's kind of take to the feel of like, you know, being a comfortable place. And so, you know, I was in Rouen, to, uh, the capital city of the Normandy region, um, about an hour and a half by train northwest of Paris. So very, very good location. Travel is very, very simple. But, um, you know, I lived with two host families while I was there and, you know, they were incredibly gracious. Uh, the, the transportation is very simple. The facilities, they have a nice indoor um, that, you know, has weight room, has cages, has machines, all that kind of stuff. So uh, then they have a beautiful field. It, it has kind of a, like in a little valley, very green, a lot of trees. Um, it's a very good setup. And, and the community is very welcoming in a sense that, you know, if they if you do your best or if you work to help them kind of know who you are and why you're there and what you're doing. And, you know, a lot of people in the community and the city, whether they know baseball or not, they're very excited to have you there and they're very, you know, willing to help in any way possible. And the one tough thing about it is the, the language barrier in a sense, you know, uh, a lot of people in Europe know English and, and know it fairly well, but France, I think France and Italy, but France is kind of a country where a little bit less so, you know, and if you're in Paris, if you're in that kind of truly international city, 
um, there's a lot of people that speak English, but once you get outside of Paris, um, it can be a little bit more, more complicated to communicate. And so, you know, while that does add complexity, it, it's really exciting and uh, opportunity. Cause then, you know, yeah. for me, I got to, I got to learn a lot of French and it really started to come around, which, you know, while it wasn't great, it helped me communicate with people that I would not have been able to otherwise, if I didn't learn a little bit of French and, you know, be able to talk. And so, you know, that was another piece that, you know, really for me, I was very excited to get the opportunity to, you know, learn a new language and practice. And it did open up so many doors within communication and talking with new people that it made it that much more special. Yeah. It's a really cool experience to kind of get out of that comfort zone and be in a situation where you're in a whole different country with people who don't speak your language. So you have to immerse yourself in their culture and their language learn and you learn a lot about yourself and i feel like it's a huge learning opportunity i also think like when you embrace their culture and you're really open-minded to all these things you're even more welcomed like i think any import that comes into pretty much any club around europe they're always welcoming but if you're kind of stick you know there's some guys that do come over and kind of they're not as open uh, personality wise and maybe stick to themselves a bit and you know they're nice maybe nice guys but they're not people that don't necessarily go out of their way to to show them things or to invite them to their home because so I can I can obviously it's pretty obvious to me after meeting you in person now and through our emails that you were really open-minded and you're curious about their culture and you want to learn you want to experience you want to meet new people and I think that just all that does is if you're open-minded even if that means getting out of your comfort zone it just makes the overall experience that much better yeah and if you pick up just like a little bit of the language too like because i remember i picked up a little bit of french when i was there too and if you just approach people and say oh, excuse me je ne parle pas français parlez-vous anglais then just like oh whoa okay like that's, and that's literally like the only phrase that i picked up there but people were super like welcoming to just be like okay so like you're trying to say a little bit in French. I will like, cause some people are uncomfortable speaking in English, yes, yes, but yes. that might kind of break the ice a little bit. So that way they might be willing to speak in their broken English as well. Yeah, truly. And, and I mean, that's for me, that was, you know, I, 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 I say that I'm, I'm a funny person. I say that I, you know, I help a lot of people, you know, laugh, but really the, the biggest kind of, comedy that I, I gave anybody over there was trying to speak French and just how, you know, like, you know, off tune, you know, I sang, you know, yeah. I sang the language, right? It's like, you know, I would try and say something and, and they wouldn't pick it up. And they, wouldn't <laughs> pick it up they wouldn't pick it up. Yeah. And so I'd get, you know, a little bit frustrated, of course. And so I would go to English and I would say it and they would, they would laugh and they would say it, you know, back to me in French and say, this is how, you know, this is what you need to make it sound like. Right. For me, them saying it back to me, it sounded the exact same. <laughs> I know as that. I said it, and you know, so I'm, 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 you know, I, I, I'm lost. And but, like you said, is if you are open minded and willing to try, and even you know, to to make a fool of yourself and and to you know, stumble sometimes, it really does help people become more comfortable with you, yeah. as well as way more willing to you know, help point you in the right direction or or show you something that you know, not everybody gets to see. I think one thing for me that was beyond special about it was I got to see so many parts of France or, you know, just specifically Rouen or Paris, but I got to see it as 
people who live there see it, right? Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't there just as a tourist and, mm-hmm. and I got to see the big sites and which are incredible, but I really got to see kind of the roots of the system of, of what France is and how the people that are there every day live it and experience it, which for me, you know, while the, the tourist sites are special historically and, you know, all of that, it, it was really special getting to see kind of the behind the scenes yeah. and being a part of that. That's honestly like the best part of like a six month season and spending six months in a new country and then maybe moving on to a different country. It's just like, seems like such a sweet spot for the right amount of time to like really see the culture, get to know people, get to know how people live lives in like that part of the world. Yes. And where you can pick up a little bit of language, learn more about people, you make long lasting relationships with people and your teammates and you can really be part of that family. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then it's, it just, it works really hard to pull you back. And right. And it's just, you just want to, you want to do it again and experience it again and experience it again. And as you see, you see a lot of people who, you know, first go over there to play baseball and experience that five, six months, then, you know, move there full time and, and, you know, create lives there because, you know, there is, while being very different, you know, from what you're used to, whether you're from, you know, Latin America or Central America or the United States or Canada, or, you know, there is so much to experience and offer and kind of being in that kind of a place of like, you know, a different culture and and a way that it really does function differently can be very refreshing in a sense. And and just, you know, uh, helping you grow and build and find new things about yourself or, and, and so I, I completely understand why people do fully t- full-time move there and, and create lives there because it is, you know, while, you know, America is very special in many, many ways, it is also very, very special kind of being in other places and seeing those places for, you know, what they are and, and you know, and, and getting to, you know, be there full-time and become more a part of the culture and the way that that society functions. Yep. Yeah. And, and on the a little bonus point to all of that is when you immerse yourself in it and you're open-minded and everything, uh, that's as important to many clubs as your abilities on the field, I think. So, like, in terms of wanting to invite you back, they want a guy that's a good clubhouse guy, a good guy that's part of the community that fits in. And, and so it's just one more reason to, like, turn off FIFA and, and get out and go – you know, to, to, you know, call up one of your teammates, say, Hey, what are you doing today? Or, or whatever. And like, this is your one shot, like going overseas. And, and if you spend all your time, you know, at the, at the place playing FIFA or like hanging out on Tinder or something like that. Uh, I, you are correct. I think there are many that you know, yeah. take the path to enjoying their time, you know, versus other ways that. They yeah. Could. And maybe like, they don't realize it. Like they're like, well, no one, you know, reaches out to me. Like some clubs are going to be maybe less, proactive with that than others like Rouen's been hosting um imports for for years and years and years so they're really accustomed to it and, and how to do it where maybe other clubs are like everybody you know they got full-time jobs and people are busy and sometimes you forget about the import a little bit um so i think you know in that situation it probably is a good idea for the import to kind of be proactive in that manner anyway to to kind of create these experiences and reach out to them and, and if you are like that they're definitely welcoming yeah, I remember uh, one of my first weeks in France because um, I was with I was with Sonar, 
back mm-hmm. in 2016. Yes. Uh, like I would just take the train into Paris and then I would just get out and just walk until I got lost and had no idea where I was. And that was like the, one of my favorite parts about going to a new city is just kind of getting lost and not knowing where I am and just trying to find my way back to back to my apartment. And there really aren't dangerous neighborhoods to accidentally end up in. <laughs> like I'm sure there are, but I mean, it's in terms of getting lost, you know, in a foreign country in a, in a, you know, big city, I, you know, I, that's one thing I love about, about Europe, at least in my experience is I feel safe wherever I go. Yeah. Well, you're also a six six guy with tattoos, so it helps. <laughs> it helps a little. Yeah, it might, it might be different for a, a five eight guy like me, but <laughs> no, it, you are completely right about that. You know, it, regardless of you know, you know where we were, where you know where I was, but where we were, whether as a team, whether as a smaller group, whether as individually, you know, I, I'd never, I, I wasn't ever discouraged by you know fear or whatnot to go out and find somewhere new or or experience something or like jimmy said and and you said almost like kind of get lost you know and and so it it does add so much richness to you know how you experience it and and you know obviously i'm you know very new to it in a sense that this was my first year but now that i've gotten to you know i i'm going to be encouraging as many players that are interested in it as possible because it is as I said earlier, kind of truly is kind of life changing, you know, being a part of it and getting to travel over and, you know, while getting to travel internationally is getting to travel internationally and live there for five months, six months, that's where the big changes start to happen. And yeah. so, you know, it, it really is that experience that I think a lot of people are looking for. Maybe they just don't know it's out there or they're kind of, you know, timid about making that jump and taking it. And, and I completely get it. Cause I was as well, you know, when I was just before I was going over there, you know, to put it simply, I was absolutely terrified, you know, and, and there was a lot of me that wanted to kind of be like, okay, you know, never mind. I don't want to do this. Like I'm just going to stay home. Like it's, but you know, pushing through that discomfort and, and going for it is, you know, as a lot of people say, kind of where the magic happens. And that's exactly what this five months was. I'm curious what your hesitations were. You know, I don't know. I mean, it was just, there were so many unknowns, you know, there were, there were fears that I wasn't going to be the same baseball player. There were fears that, you know, and so, you know, it was just so many unknowns about how the experience was going to go was, you know, was the host family situation going to be a good one? Mm-hmm. Was the team going to have good chemistry and good connectedness? And was I going to feel included, you know, and, and really a part of it? Um, was the baseball going to be like, uh, you know, a success in a sense? Was I going to perform well for the team and, and help them, you know, reach, you know, the goals that they desire as well? And, and mm-hmm. as you guys know, in Huan, they've won, you know, I think 16 championships in the last 18 years or somewhere along that time frame. Stop but counting. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, if, you know, for a team like that is like, if they're not finishing it at the end of the year, like, like they did, like we did, you know, it's almost a year that's a little bit of a letdown. And so kind of being a part of all of that, you know, and, and just all of the thoughts I had beforehand about, you know, I guess in a sense, like what could go wrong, mm-hmm. you know, which is, very natural, I think, for humans, but it is not the best way to go about it because it can create a lot of discomfort and a lot of fear. You know, I, I think that prior really was kind of creating some hesitations and and fear and going over there. But you know, as as I chose through that, as I really did step, you know, into that discomfort and 
and go for it, you know, it, it, the, the best things continue to happen and, and the greatest experiences that I could, I could have continue to find their way to me or I continue to find my way to them. And so, um, you know, that's as a, as it never gets easier, really kind of choosing through fear or, or approaching discomfort, you know, a, a lot of times as I continue to see the best things in life do happen. And so that's one of those big, you know, encouragements I make and, and try and, you know, extend to everybody that, that I can, that's maybe experiencing something similar before a big, you know, venture or, or thinking about making a big change or um, move or all that kind of stuff is something that I really do enjoy putting out there that a lot of times once you get past that, you know, the, the, the things that you're seeking and the things that you want most in life, you know, find their way to you. So. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> taking some risks here and there are good, but calculated risks. So, you know, you were mentioning how there's so like, there's so many things that were unknown. And uh, so going over to France prior to signing the contract and agreeing to go over, were there any, any steps you took to, you know, to subdue some of those fears or to, to um, learn a little bit more about what you're getting yourself into? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that the big thing for me was reaching out to people who had experienced it before and, you know, communicating with you guys through the whole process of, you know, first being contacted by a team and then, you know, working through, you know, and, and seeing if a contract is fitting or if it works or if it's, um, you know, fair in a sense and, and making all of those steps, you know, talking with you two and, and especially Jimmy, who had experienced the French League before um, and, and being over there really did help to subdue some of that. And, uh, and a lot of the videos that you guys have put out, you know, from past players or, or, you know, current players who, you know, posted about first experiences or experiences overseas and hearing them kind of ring the tune of very similar, you know, I, I was, you know, a little bit nervous. I was a little bit, you know, fearful, but when I went and did it, it was the greatest thing that ever, that had ever happened to me. Seeing those stories and just realizing that I'm not alone in the sense of, you know, being uncomfortable or, or being a little bit hesitant really helped me, you know, step, step into that and, and with confidence really go for it. And, um, and so I think that's mostly what helped with those kind of initial feelings was other people who had experienced it getting to talk with them, hear their stories, and then, you know, communicating with you guys as well, who have helped so many other players and, and, you know, current and former get to experience the the baseball overseas. And so those were big helps for me. I'm, I'm curious about your take on the level of play in France. Um, yes, that's Jimmy had asked, that about, asked me about that earlier and, and uh, I hadn't quite gotten to it. But yes, the I, I was, you know, it's very, there's a large range of, of levels of play when it comes to France. And, um, but, you know, past that, I was very, like uh, happy in a sense, I was very pleasantly surprised with the level of baseball that was being played there. And not, and not even so much the level, because, you know, as you're playing against older individuals and much more mature individuals, the game of baseball, can, you know, ultimately for the most part gets better and better. Um, and as it is, you know, in Europe as a whole, but um, in some of those bigger countries, uh, for the most part, kind of truly professional league, um, you know, I figured that there were going to be some good baseball, but I didn't realize that being in Europe, like I was going to be playing against so many, either playing with or against so many former, you know, affiliated 
major league baseball or uh, affiliated professional baseball players from here in the States, whether, you know, they made it to double A or they were high A or triple A or even some major league time. Um, You know, there were a lot of players that that had experienced that level of baseball. While there are some, um, you know, teams in a sense that maybe don't quite have the infrastructure to, to build what some of the other teams have, like Sennar, like Fouan, um, the, the level of baseball was very, very good. And, you know, there were, there were moments where, you know, I had flashbacks to, you know, playing collegiately at, at one of the highest levels being in, uh, in the big 12 with Kansas state university. And so there was, you know, in, incredible talent there. And, and, um, and I, I think that, a lot of people wouldn't realize that. Or when I was going to France originally, I think some people were like, hey, just, you know, have an idea. Like there's some good baseball, but it's not quite, you know, maybe going to be the level of some other places. But even past that, you know, while Italy has incredible baseball, while the Netherlands have incredible baseball, Germany's league, you know, the Czech Republic league, um, you know, France's league is a very, very competitive league. And, and there's really good baseball to be experienced there. Yeah, I'd say throughout Europe, like there's a lot, a lot of talented players. But I think like within some of the leagues, they just kind of start to lose depth a little bit quicker. Whereas like the bottom half of the lineups or the end of the bullpens may not be as strong. Whereas I'd say like in Italy or the Netherlands or like in the States in professional professional baseball, like one through nine, you're going to have solid players. Whereas... Like, even, like, with Sonart, Rouen, like, Montpellier, like, they have legit deep rosters. Um, But then, like, you start to fall off. Like, those other teams might have some really good players, but they just might not have as much depth. Yes. That, that, you know, as – as you're putting it is, is completely correct. And even, even on the, you know, international scene with the national teams, that that's kind of where the, the separators are as well is, you know, the teams like the Netherlands, like Italy, you know, Israel for, for some time now, really they, the depth they have is so impressive, you know, whether it's on the mound, whether it's, you know, in the lineup one through nine. And so, you know, as you know, in France, you definitely see, both sides of it you see teams that you know one through nine and the pitchers are very very good and then you see some teams that have you know w- you know four five six really really good position players and a couple good pitchers mm-hmm. but it does change you know as you you make your way to secondary pitchers or bottom of the lineup and right. um and so you you do see that kind of wider range in france as you were talking about than you might in other countries mm-hmm. right that's good good way to sum it um yeah, no, I, I think we've covered most of what we want to talk about. Um, I, 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 we do have some quick fire questions for you. Um, we just kind of made them up on the spot here, so let's see how it goes. So uh, we'll start off with French food. If you were to order something at a restaurant or to go at a snack stand or whatever, if, what's your go-to kind of French food when you're there? Yeah, I mean, there's – Incredible amounts. That's one thing, you know, that I didn't even touch on, but the food in France is, is, you know, for me, like now getting to experience other places for me, the food in France is, you know, second to none. It's absolutely, you know, mind blowing. But for me, just a a simple, a simple sandwich on a fresh, fresh French baguette, you know, with, you know, maybe a little bit of butter, uh, a little bit of some, some, one of the French cheeses, there's too many to name. Uh, and then a little bit of ham or a little bit of, you know, turkey or, or something like that. But 
who's the next up and coming stud out of France? Um, there's some very, very good young, uh, kind of just getting close to being able to, to experience the college opportunities if they would want. Um, and the one that comes to mind first, his name's Matisse Moron. Uh, he actually plays there in Sonart. He's, uh, has a brother, um, I believe a twin. Um, but he's a, a true shortstop, you know, when, yeah being an infielder myself and, and getting to coach the in, coach infield at the junior college level at the, I see a lot of players playing shortstop, but I'm, I, I kind of see them projecting to a second base or to a third base or, and for me, he's a true shortstop through and through a uh, switch hitter. Just, you know, as I want to say he was 17 this year and was while he was healthy was Sinart's, you know, starting shortstop and, and kind of mainstay there. And so, that's a that's a name to keep an eye out for. All right. Uh, what about a French word that has now become a part of your vocabulary? That's a good one, actually. I, I use it all of the time. Um, it, it's not very uncommon for people to use, you know, what we would consider cuss words or and, and I don't, um, you know, I, I don't use them very often. I do when the frustrations get high enough, but um, I, I like to find kind of creative ways to, you know, uh, you yeah. know, use exclamations like that. And the one that really took hold for me, and, and there's one actually I'll put in there, but it's way too kind like it's, it's way too complicated to say and takes way too long to say, but the word is Sapper Lipopet. Which it's, you know, it's one of the, but it's like, it's a very innocent way of saying, you know, it's almost like as if like a grandpa or, or a grandparent were to like, you know, say a bad <laughs> word. Like they yeah. don't, it's very, and um, you know, I, I don't exactly quite know what it translates as, but yeah. um, but that was one that they they taught me. But the one that I use all of the time, even being back here in the states, is olavash, and essentially it means holy cow. Um, but that was one that really kind of took hold. And you know, I don't even think about it anymore. But when I'm going to say something, you know, like you know, oh my goodness, or something like that, olavash just comes out. Like it's become second nature for me, and so. That's the big one for me is, is that I use, you know, essentially all of the time. Yeah. We have the same thing here in Austria, like yeah. for a swear word. I, yeah. I say, I think I say that more than any other swear word at this point <laughs> because it, you know, especially back home, no, even no one even knows what you're saying. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah for me, I'm always saying, I'm just like, Oh guile. I mean, it's like, Oh, cool. Yeah. It's like yeah. a German yeah. way of saying cool. I gotcha. Yeah. I say Shamamoy all the time, which is like, we'll see. Like, we'll see what happens or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to change it up a little bit. But non-touristy destination that, that you really enjoyed or that you went to in France. Um, so basically not Paris. I would encourage people to spend just as much time, you know, in kind of that Normandy region. And, you know, while Rouen is very, very special, and, and that's where I would, you know, encourage people to go and just experience and see um, you know, that's where, uh, Joan of Arc was burned at the cross or, uh, you know, was burned and, um, they have a beautiful cathedral there. And, uh, I think that one of, one of the streets in Rouen is actually, it's like one of the oldest, like cobbled streets in, in all of France or, so there's a lot of really cool things to see in, in Rouen, especially, um, but, you know, obviously being American, getting up you know, to the beaches up on that Northern coast. Yeah. And, but, but that does, you know, tend to get pretty into that surreal part. to like step foot on Omaha beach. Like Very surreal. day was like, it's, Very surreal. it's, it's weird just because of how, how beautiful it is. It's yeah. such a beautiful, you know, 
coastline and beach and but but it is so surreal the fact that you know the uh, you know the history of that location in that area did you get a chance to make it down to the south of france as well um yeah we so we traveled down to toulouse and played in toulouse um and, and got to walk around the city quite a bit which was incredible um we got to travel down to montpellier and play in montpellier um which is a very cool city though we didn't get to spend as much time there mm-hmm. um as as is necessary to see a, a city like that in the mediterranean coast but yeah. um we got to get over to la rochelle for the challenge this year um and spend more time there which was very very cool that's a very cool city that's a cool um, little stadium too that, that is a very cool stadium there are yeah. a lot of them actually in france france has some really good uh, yeah. you know, facilities and baseball fields that you get to play at. I like how Sonart kind of built up their grandstand behind home, behind home plate too. Cause that was brand new. Uh, when I was there that got built during the okay. playoffs. Yes, it, it does. It changes it. You know, it changes it so much from like, it, it makes the field just seem a little bit bigger, which is very yeah. cool. Right. And, and it brings more people out to the games and, so it does add a lot to the environment. Um, Sonart's facility, Sonart's field is very impressive. Yeah. All right. So next one. That leads me to my next question. Uh, who's your biggest uh, French rival in uh, the French League? The, the level of competition when you get to play against teams like Savigny, which who we play against kind of regular season. Um, but even Montagny, you know, are both two really, really good programs. Um, Montpellier, we got to play first round of, of, uh, of playoffs, but also in the championship of the challenge to France. Um, and, and, you know, it's just a high level of baseball. I think, you know, long-term from what I got a sense of, or a feel for was it, it, it seemed to be Sinart and it kind of just, it seemed to be in recent times, kind of, you know, a lot of times coming down between Rouen and Sinart when it came to the championship. We had some battles. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, even past that, not always friendly, right? They, they're, they're definitely, um, I think, are moments in the history of that rivalry that, you know, trended a little bit on the other side of friendly. And so mm-hmm. I think, but once you get to that high level of baseball um, and you, you're seeing them, you know, that consistently and a lot of players that do play in France, you know, end up playing for a team for a long period of time. So you do get to create kind of that sense of, you know, competitiveness and, and going at it, you know, against somebody else or another team just year in, year out. And, and so it does create a lot of that, you know, it, it, uh, you know, competitiveness, which makes playing baseball, playing sports in general, just that much more fun, that much more enjoyable. I, I just remember those games that we had, like they're some of the highest level of baseball games, like, cause it, every single player is just fighting with everything they have like exactly. in those games. And it was so much fun and it was so, it was so motivating. It completely. And that's one thing that I saw as well, you know, going over and, and getting to be a part of the Rouen program, um, an organization, which is, which is incredible. You know, they've won however many championships out of, out of how, however many years, you know, 16 and 18 years. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I was kind of like, you know, I don't know how, how hard, like how tough it's going to be. Right. I just had no, you know, level of understanding when it came to that. I was ignorant and I didn't realize how hard it is, you know, in, in any country, but you know, how hard it is to win a, you know, a national championship like that. Um, and, and, you know, like you said, is like 
against an art, it came down to, you know, the fifth game in a five game series and the 10th inning. So it's like, it truly did come down to the very, very end. And as you said, was, was some of the most competitive and, and toughest, you know, competitively uh, baseball that I've ever been a part of and gotten to play. And so, you know, it, it you know, adding to the whole experience that was, you know, very, very cool, you know, uh, thing to be a part of. I was just going to basically ask you about that moment because yeah. uh, I watched on the live stream and you can, like Jimmy was saying about the, the intensity and the emotion and everything, you can feel it through the, the computer, like watching the live stream, but, but, uh, but, and also going back to the, the lack of depth sometimes in Europe, like it's a five game series. And I think you had to play three the games, three, four, five in the same weekend. Same weekend, that second weekend. So Sam for the other team, Sam Springer, okay, had to pitch what oh, seventeen man. innings in the. He had to pitch game four Straight. and five. Yeah, he, he pitched. You know, game four, game five, both on Sunday. He went complete game, game four, pitched an absolute gem, and then came out and pitched. You know, the first eight innings or so of the second game, which was you know half an hour, forty five minutes after the first one. It's it's one of the most you know, while, while partially I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't, you know, I don't know if that was super, you know, you know, healthy for his arm and intelligent, to, but it's like, when you get to that level, it's like, everybody's putting all of the cards on the table and going all in. And so, you know, when it comes down to competition like that, you know, that's, that's what you do. And he absolutely pitched incredibly. And, um, I got to, I got to meet him, uh, you know, and, and a few of the other, um, Americans on this and art team and just getting to, you know, meet them and talk with them and hear about their stories and as well as get to, to share that, you know, experience of being in the championship and competing for it together um, was very, very fun and, and made getting to, you know, face Sam Blau Springer as a hitter and face um, some of the other guys, uh, you know, that much more enjoyable for me. And so that was definitely a piece that added to the, you know, the, the richness of the experience. Yeah, most definitely. Um, all right, I think that that pretty much covers everything. Um, you know, uh, we could we could go on forever, I'm sure. But um, yeah, Jake, it was great getting to see you again, getting to talk to you a bit more than because we didn't have too much time to talk much in Italy. Um, yeah. But great to hear your story. Uh, get to hear a little bit more about your perspective and your experience in France. Congratulations again on winning the French Championship with Rouen. Thank you. Uh, looking forward to continuing to work with you, and I'm excited to see where this baseball journey takes you next. Me as well. I am as well. I have no idea, but I'm very excited about it. Well, if, when you're back in Europe, you, you got a coach at, at my place. If you want to come by Salzburg and have an orange juice while Jimmy and I have a beer. There you go. <laughs> I'll, uh, and I'm more, more there for the people than anything, but I'll, I'll definitely Perfect. take them on that. I look forward to it very much. Perfect. Right on. Take care, buddy. I appreciate you guys. Take care. Yep. Have a good night. Hey guys, that wraps up our interview with Jacob Biller. What a cool story. Starting off with competing in a nail-biting championship two hours north of Paris, France, and then joining the French national team on a road trip to Italy and coaching, uh, networking there as well. Um, We didn't really get into it that much, but he also went to the Czech Republic with the Huskies to compete in the European Champions Cup against some of the best teams in Europe, including the the champions, the previous year champions from Italy and the Netherlands. So you could obviously hear in this interview the enthusiasm and the passion in his voice about his experience. And that is exactly 
what myself and Jimmy, that's exactly why we got into this line of work or we just love doing what we do. It is truly an experience of a lifetime and it is also what you make of it. And Jacob seems to have made the most of his experience. If any of you or someone you know are interested in learning about playing or coaching overseas, the best way to go about it is to go to baseballjobsoverseas.com and just fill out the feedback form. And then one of us, likely Jimmy, will follow up with honest and detailed feedback on what your chances are in taking your career overseas and in which countries. Uh, The next probably thing I would recommend would be to educate yourself about what overseas has to offer. And there's plenty on our blog. Just go to our website and then go to the blog. Uh, Our YouTube channel, Instagram account, any of those will give you a nice feel at least to what overseas has to offer but the blog is where you could actually learn a lot about the leagues and listen to interviews like this once again thanks for listening and until next time may the baseball gods be with you